Hey, this is Tom Winkler, creator of Whack Your Boss and Duty Man, and you're listening to The Dave and Steve Show. Previously on The Dave and Steve Show. And uh, I was mad at myself for convincing myself that it was this stupid. I'm very angry at myself <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. It has kind of a 1978 vibe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. You know? Like, in the like middle about, of the Carter administration. Right there sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> middle of the Carter administration, just before my Sharona. Sure. It's never really cranked my things that Crank. are cranked yes it's never really turned that that le Cr that lever Crank. where the things are so anyway no but the only the only thing that went sideways and steve i'm going to talk about your your donuts in just a second but fry this tank from my cold dead hands <laughs> here comes my german accent all right here we go just boom instantly <laughs> instantly into the harry potter and in my car i yell no yeah, uh, this is uh, this is sand or chlamydia, yeah. one or the other. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah, which. Exactly. It could yeah. be both. Hey guys, let's never go to West Seattle. If you put a piece of broccoli up your butt while you're masturbating, you have all bases covered. <laughs> uh, I've never had the urge to really go down a manhole because I don't have like a phone holder on my motorcycle, and I I knew I would need to be actually sort of. Uh, consulting the 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 guide. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to just ways. drop eight bucks on that phone holder. I'd be there with you. Ooh. Bette Midler Beaches era. I thought she was she was beautiful. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I spent half of my life thinking she was a man. All right. Show number 69 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me. I'm here 27 miles away is Steve. Hello. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. Yeah, I fact-checked that. Bette Miller is a woman. <laughs> Up and running on show number 69. We were just laughing before we went on. So first of all, we have a guest tonight. And the guest is a very legitimate guest. He's been a long-time a long friend of the show. His name is Steve Haverly. Uh, you're going to hear all the things that he has done, is continuing to do, but one of the things he's doing right now is he is running for mayor of the city of Tacoma. And we, we struggle with this as a show, and we struggle with this because we're such a bunch of jackasses when it comes to this show. We, we try to do stupid things on purpose, and we, as you hear by the previously on, like there's a bunch of clips in there that we probably wouldn't play for our grandmas, but we, we try to do this. And then when we have a guest like Steve on, who has a legitimate platform and is doing something that isn't what a, us three jackasses would do. He's actually going out and accomplishing something. It's very difficult because we were show number 69 before we went on the air. We were all laughing, not not in a legitimate ha-ha 69 kind of way, but we were laughing saying, like, if if we were those dumb people, we would be like, hey, it's show 69, what's up? And we have to make sure we don't do that kind of stuff because we also want to bring people on like Steve and and be considered, I guess, I don't know. I don't know legitimate. So I guess what I'm saying is this show 69. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's all. we want to have there, close there friends. Yeah. We want to have close friends in our lives too. And I think that's another thing. Right. That I yeah. think that keeps us from doing the show we used to do. So um, because we value people a little more. As I said, we're gonna we're gonna get to the three of us. We're gonna talk the typical kind of stuff that we do. Tracy's got a minute coming up. We promised lots of entertainment. But to kick things off tonight, we're gonna give you our interview with Mr. Steve Haverly. And again, you're gonna hear everything Steve's been up to. 
Uh, he's been a longtime friend of the show, and we're going to have him back on soon, somewhere down the road. So take a listen to our interview with Mr. Steve Haverly. Our guest tonight has been a friend of the Dave and Steve show for close to 15 years. Now that alone may be a big enough achievement for some, but it wasn't for him. Instead, he launched his own production company, Triple One Productions, and has made appearances on major television programs, including The Today Show. Maybe you've heard of it. He even went so far as to create his own holiday dedicated to the love of all things beef called St. Meatentine's Day. Amen. And he just happens to be running for mayor of the great city of Tacoma. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who apparently never sleeps, please help me in welcoming Mr. Steve Haverly. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. That's very, very generous of you. Well, welcome, Steve. So, as I said, we've known you for a long time. You've known us for a while. Um, You are one of those people that I admire so greatly because I see you... I, you know, I, I wasn't just blowing smoke in that intro. You have a day job, and you have a very successful, quote-unquote, day job that you've had for a long time now. Yeah. And yet you do all of these other ventures. You never seem to rest. And so we're going to get to the, the mayoral run in just a minute. But I wanted to start just by talking because when I reached out to you, it just so happens this Saturday is an important day. What is this Saturday? And please explain to people exactly what this means. This Saturday is the 11th year of a holiday called St. Meat and Times Day. And uh, real quick, though, if I could back up to your intro. Yeah. You could add I was in Tracy's book. Well, that's true. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true, that's, yes. That's yeah! One of my big, big honors in life. <laughs> I, I had to say that. I am in right. my first and last name, I think. So a couple of things that surprised me. I'm surprised that you read that book. And number two, I'm surprised that Tracy didn't attempt to give out the Amazon link after you mentioned the book, because he typically does every time. Yeah, yeah, well, it's available on. I think I even signed it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, uh, that, is actually, that is actually true. You're always very gracious, and that book is available on Amazon. We'll do the uh, link in the post. It's phenomenal. It's a, it's a, it's a real page turner, because it's a book. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry. But, uh, yeah. Uh, what was the question? I think so I don't... this Saturday, we've got an important oh, day Saturday. coming up this Saturday. Yeah. It, and and it, it's a holiday that's not, not made just for men or women. It's a holiday all about meat. It's kind of, it's kind of St. Valentine's Day part two. Uh, only instead of giving flowers, you give meat and you give steak and you grill and you, yeah. It's good. It's no, good. so so I I understand. Dave said beef. You said steak. I am a fan of pork. Um, so what? <laughs> I am. I love pork. He's, and, on, uh, he's on record. Yeah. And yeah. So pulled pork. I like pork chops. I like you know. I like. I'm there um, with you. Yeah. So is that also part of it, or or are you mostly celebrating, you know? beef is Uh, chicken in there at all or it's 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 about meat but but the catchphrase back in the day was beef beer bands and baseball so it's kind of a bee thing so you know pork yeah beef beer (laughs) bands and pork and baseball you could do bacon i guess throw the bacon in there with the somehow bacon is always welcome i Bacon is a staple in the Haverly House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Steve, you you 
this is and for anybody listening these are not i don't want anybody to think for a moment that these are flippant things like when you said you were going to create a holiday as an example i think it was probably met with some eye rolls people going like yeah okay everybody creates a holiday whatever yeah it's going to be steve day and then you went out and you actually put the elbow grease behind it and you built something that garnered press that picked up traction that was a real thing when you said you were going to start a production company i'm sure again i'm sure there were people that were like steve come on you're the construction guy you don't know anything about production and then you went out and successfully shopped several shows like you were doing the actual thing and so four or five or six shows and yeah had some big hitters in the in the game i i built and work construction set by day and edit and and brainstorm at night and so this is, this is, I think it's very easy for somebody who's listening to this show and doesn't know you to hear all these things sort of stacked up and think like, well, this is a guy who's jack of all trades, master of none. He's just chasing a bunch of things and not really doing it. But these are real legitimate commitments that you put your heart and soul into and as much time as humanly possible. So when it comes to something like running for mayor of Tacoma, there may have been, I don't think at this stage in your life, Steve, for, especially for the people who know you, there are no more eye rolls. People hear this and they're like, the dude's going to get elected mayor of Tacoma then because he's running <laughs> yeah. for it and he's put his mind to it and this is going to happen. Yeah, and and the, the mayor thing isn't something that came overnight or came lightly. It's been about four or five, six years worth of thinking. I was We were living um, in Kailua, Kona for a, a project during the last election, so I didn't, didn't run then. But uh, so we came home to a new mayor and the new... Uh, a new Tacoma, and and this had been we had been talking for years about doing this. In fact, I was just having a meeting with uh, some a council member who's who's running down on the deck, and and another guy in Tacoma who's in the know, who who knows all the, the string pullers, and um, we were talking about this five years ago, you know, this week. So um, it's it's been a long time coming, and and yeah, I put my mind to it, and this was the year that I said I'm going to go for it. You know, we uh, and I'm going to let the other guys jump in with some questions here. But one of the reasons, one of the reasons that the three of us actually even began talking about having you on the show was because of the refreshing message that you had as far as we've become really di divided as a nation. And especially over the last couple of elections, we have just seen those lines get drawn so deep and so hard that the vast majority of people, I think, feel as though they have to pick a side. There is no in-between. You got to pick a side and then you got to disavow anybody who's on the other side because it's, it's just not going to work if we listen to them in any way, shape or form across the lines. And I liked the message that you're running on, which is, no, this should be about uniting us as citizens, as people, as as people who live in these cities, residents. This is this is our nation, and we got to get back to sort of working together. And so I really, I found that really refreshing. I found it refreshing that even before we went on the air, you said you had made a pact with the people that you're running against. And what, explain that, please. Well, I, yeah, the division is is crippling our country. And Tacoma, thankfully, to me, I, I think Tacoma has stayed above the fray um, for the most part. But there's always going to be division, and and 
that's what's driving us all crazy right now is the sides and it can't be left. It's got to be right. It can't. Be. And I had a good friend of mine who's a, a Republican. He said, Steve, you know what you are? He goes, you're the extreme middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, you, you know, you're right. And I, and I feel I get a lot of calls since, since throwing my hat in the ring um, daily. It's, it's from both sides of, of the aisle. And I, anytime they get divisive in the thing, I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's part of the problem. That's what you're, you're feeding the problem right now. So in order for us to, to grow as a city, as a country, we have to be on the same page. We have to at least be sitting at the same table. And it sounds like I'm painting a Disney movie here and, and it, but I don't think it's, it's that far fetched. Um, No, man, you're the Admiral Stockdale of the, of, of the race, right? <laughs> right. Gridlock. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, it, it, we're not going to get anywhere if we don't, if we don't uh, at least see, and you know, I've gotten earfuls of both left and right. And I'm, and I see, I see there's good on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is one thing that I've always said, the, the three of us on this show, I think if you sat down with, with our voting pamphlets and you went through and looked at who we voted for or how we stack rank our values or whatever it might be, we're actually pretty different people. We've got different opinions, just like anybody else. We've got different viewpoints. And I'm sure there are some where if we really dug in, they're probably pretty opposite viewpoints on some of these subjects. Yet the three of us are all really good friends, always will be, do this show together, enjoy hanging out with each other. I think that's the thing that we're sort of losing focus on is that those people on the other side of the party line from you, where, however you might vote, are just trying to raise their kids like everybody else. They're just trying to have families like everybody else. They're just going to their job every day, trying mm-hmm. to get by and pay the rent just like everybody else. We're all kind of just bags of meat trying to get by, but we've decided that you got to be one side or the other. And it's just, I don't know. I, I really hope that we start to see an influx now of people with your viewpoint running for these positions because that's what we need right now. Yeah, It's counterproductive to, to be anything, anything, but I mean, um, like like energy, for example, people say yeah, you've got to either do away with fossil fuels altogether and go all green, and and the other side is saying, well, no, you're not going to take my car away from me. And it's like, well, no, no one's trying to do that. But who 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 could honestly be against cleaner air? Right. I mean, look at look at the environment over uh, over the period that COVID hit. We were driving less, and things actually got cleaner. Look at countries in Europe actually got, you know, noticeably cleaner. And so it's, it's never going to be a bad thing to, to try to be more energy efficient. doesn't mean you can't, you know, have your, your, I love cars. Yeah. 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 I love, but you know what? A Tesla is a lot faster than a lot of the cars that are burning, burning oil. So um, there is a better way and it doesn't mean it has to be one or the other, but we can, we can cohabitate, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, I know, you know, you and I have had many discussions around politics and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And it was one of those things where, again, I, I don't know. I, I there I assume you and I vote differently on on a number of different topics. But we both I vote, I vote dirty air every time. And I have for years. But we uh, yeah. part of the dirty <laughs> air lobby and have been yes. big dirty air. But when uh, when I mentioned to you, when we started talking about Steve running for mayor of Tacoma, both of us were like, yeah, 
this makes sense. Like this is, yeah, totally. this is a, yeah. and, and I could see us both without a doubt voting for Steve were we to be residents of Tacoma. Like this is, again, this is something I think we need more of. Well, and, and hopefully that resonates with people. I, I'd like to, I mean, geez, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have racism. We wouldn't have uh, left and right. We wouldn't have, but we do. And, and the only way to tackle it is to, is to address it and move forward. Sure. You know, on one of those things, this is one of uh, the mayor of Tacoma, city mayor, Victoria Woodard's, uh, I, I, and I, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, tell me, because you probably have had a chance to, uh, spend some time uh, uh, at least c- conversing and, 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 and being with her. Tell me something that's, uh, that is good about her personally. Well, so, so we had a, we are on a, a Zoom together, a couple of Zooms, um, me and the other two candidates, and then there was a panel of like five and whatnot. And the other two candidates are, they're great activists for social causes. And I, I applaud that. And I think that's, that's wonderful. We need more of that. Um, I, I think they both brought a lot of passion to to their movements and to to um, their causes. And and how can you how can you not appreciate that about somebody else uh, to work that hard for a social cause that that you you die for? So um, I, I applaud both of them uh, for their for their work um, to bring us together. There's there's been divisive things too that have come out of it, and that's too bad. But I think it gives us groundwork to it lays groundwork for me on what I want to work on uh, to to improve. But um, but they're both very talented people. Um, both know their stuff. They know a lot more about social causes than I do. And uh, and so uh, you know as long as uh, I, I said to each of them after after that Zoom, I called each of them. And I said, hey, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here in this race with you two. And, um, and I'm looking forward to it. And so you know, you have my word. There will never be any mudslinging or any uh, negativity coming from me. And if you hear it, it didn't come from me. But let me know about it and I'll address it. Um, well, I had to go digging around. I had to go digging around in a lot of interviews you've done to make sure that you were really telling the truth. Because we... You, <laughs> So, cause that's the kind of person I am. And so, but you, you said something in an interview that had nothing to do with what we're talking about that I can't get my, my mind off of. And that when I used to listen to the radio and sometimes on, uh, on TV, there was a voice on radio that talked about gardening that was, okay, you know where I'm going with this, that his voice was a soothing thing that got me interested in hearing and listening about gardening. And it was Ed Hume. And you talked about your relationship with the Hume family. And how about conversations about maybe this run had kind of started really with that. Can you tell about your relationship with Ed Hume? And if listeners outside the Seattle area, this was a, this was, was a TV and radio media gardening expert for decades in Seattle that you, um, that it's, you can't think about media and gardening without in this area, without thinking of Ed Hume first. A lot of times you can't even plant your garden without buying the Hume seeds that are out there. Seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the longest running, uh, television series in history of television. It's, it's, it's way up there. I think it's, I, 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 I'm probably wrong if I say how many years. I think it's like 55 years, 58 years, something like that. But, but yeah, James Hume. Um, I I was t- 
tending bar downtown. I used to work for the school district by day and then by night I'd tend bar and run this this bar. And all of a sudden I got this um a call that Ed Hume's moving in two doors down. I'm like, what? Why downtown Tacoma, really? And his son James opened up a studio. So James came in and, and we got to know each other and he said, You ever thought about shooting a television show? And I said, Yes, I have. Every day. <laughs> Every single day. Yeah, so that was the, the birth of, of that. And, and so I, I started shooting the show with them and that, that grew into a lifelong friendship. You know, we're we're going on 30, 35 years knowing each other. He was the best man at my wedding. And yeah, the Humes are a phenomenal family, but what they always, always told James and their, their other kids is you can do absolutely anything you want. And, but when they say it, when Ed Hume says it, and when Myrna Hume says it, you believe it. And so you do it. And they're, they're 99% of why I'm running for mayor. They're like, Steve, you'd be a great mayor. You, you need to do this. And Man, I would, I would just love Ed Hume to tell me I could do something. I, I don't know. I don't care what it was. He could be your mo- motivational guru. He's yes. Awesome. I got it. I'll hook you up. He would, he that, would have, for me, crazy. he would have to do it in the dead of winter. Cause that's the only time I'm, I would have him over to my house. So nothing would be growing. <laughs> so he couldn't see how bad of a gardener I am as long as <laughs> no, he'd, he'd be knowing you haven't done your winter uh, fertilizer. Sure, here. Sure. He would know, yeah. but he's, but he's in that kind, gentler gentleman way where you'd be like, yeah, you're right. I should do this. Uh, just the greatest, greatest family. And, so what and was, they, and they're, they're like, no, no, no dream is too big. They're like, go for it. And that was my question. Was that the tipping point? What was the tipping point where you were like, I am going to do this? Like, what made you jump? I, I looked up the dates for filing and I just, I said, that's, I'm going to do it. There's, and, a, there's a one week window where you can file. And I called Ed and I called Myrna and James. And I said, by the way, here's the dates. So I'm doing it. And I did it. And they were behind me a hundred percent, you know, well, for, Five, you know, last five years talking about doing it. So, and I think yeah. you know, it's Steve. You had said a, a, you know, not too long ago, you were talking about the no mud slinging and and trying to be respectful of one another. And I, I'm, I'm curious. At least thus far, have you found that difficult? And I'll give you an example. You had recently on social media, you had posted effectively what your spend was for this last right. round of voting. And you had yeah. showed the the results garnered from that, and you had you had pulled in a large large chunk of the voting with a very minimal budget. In fact, almost no budget whatsoever. Right. That to me, that was a very positive. I saw that as you showing, look, we can we can get a groundswell of support. We can do a grassroots thing. We can start word of mouth. And if you truly believe in what I'm doing, this is going to work. But then I also saw the reverse of that, of if I were a candidate who had spent a lot of money, I'd be like, hey, I don't even want to say it. Hey, jerk, what are you, what are you doing? How come you're throwing that out in my face? Like, I guess my point is, you, I firmly believe that what you did was the right thing to do because it showed, again, that you have this grassroots, lots of people believe in what you're saying. Do you yeah. find these things sort of in conflict with each other? And is that in your head is that why people typically tend to sort of shift into the mudslinging because they're already kind of there if people take things the wrong way well i i stuck to the facts so if i if i gave opinions and and that and that were negative then that would be one thing but i i kept it 
to I stuck to the facts. I didn't put any post anyone's names alongside of yep. that. Um, but but the results were were pretty phenomenal. And one of the other councilmen who's downstairs council candidates who's downstairs, um, he he worked it out and and the other opponent were spending like eighteen dollars and some odd cents per vote, and mine was a whopping nine cents a vote. <laughs> To get thirty three percent or thirty two percent of the vote, yeah, on nine hundred and eight dollars and seventy cents, yeah, um, it speaks volumes. And and I in the post you're talking to, I said this is what should be the news story because instead there was there was a a, a news story slinging mud at you know we could have had this beautiful race and this poetic justice and instead we got Steve Haverly and I thought that was kind of a slight. Um, you know, a slight against me, and, and I didn't, I didn't really like it. But the biggest thing that I've heard um, at nauseum is, Steve, if you're going to be in politics, you have to have thick skin. Right. You have to not take things personally, <clears throat> and uh, no matter how many times you hear that, it's it's brutally hard to do. But I've I've finally gotten to a place where I'm like, you know what, this is a worthy cause. Tacoma is worth it. And you know what? If I get drugged through the mud um, and and get called a bunch of names that don't actually represent me from people who, who've never met me, ah, that's all right. Yeah, uh, you speak about Tacoma. You speak about Tacoma like only one other person in my life ever has. You almost you speak about it almost romantically, like it is a it's a secret. And, it, and it's a city for years that stood in Seattle's shadow. But I think with a lot of difficulties that that was the larger city is having that um, and the and the kind of the growth and maturity that Tacoma's had in the last maybe 10 years. Uh, it's not really a joke anymore. And you can with a straight face say that my father was born in Tacoma and he loved Tacoma. And I always thought he was just absolutely stupid about that. But we'll get into that another time. I mean, the older you get, the smarter your dad gets. And so, um, but uh, the, um, you, when you talk about Tacoma, you talk about it in ways that uh, is when you, you kind of have to sit back and, and look and say, wow, Tacoma, Tacoma is more than just a place on the freeway. I, I legitimately believe it's the best kept secret in, in Washington. I'll say Western Washington, you know, Eastern Washington's a whole different ballgame, but I, yeah, I, that's call. That's Colville. Colville's the best right. kept secret in uh, yeah, Eastern Washington. That's why I didn't want to yeah. go up against Colville. It's on their letterhead, actually. Yeah, that's you right. Can't, <laughs> can't compete with Colville, but uh, but I, I do think that we have everything that that uh, we have everything and more. I used to brag about um, how we can park in front of our like this is with Seattle people. I'd, I'd be like, you know, in Tacoma, you can actually park in front of your house and you can have friends over and they can actually park in front of your house. And they're like, what? Not, not for $18, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, an hour. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I was like, seriously, we can. And, and I, I hear things like, Oh, you, I heard you're from Tacoma. Are you scared every day? I'm like, no, I feel safer in Tacoma than I do. in in uh, in the bigger cities up North. I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. Like that, whatever. Not <laughs> Redmond. I mean, Redmond. Everett. Everyone yeah. feels safe there. Yeah. Okay. I feel better here than Everett. But I, I think Tacoma has uh, so much promise. It's got a bad rap. I don't like, um, I can't stand hearing uh, people call it Tecompton. That drives me absolutely bonkers because it's it's not, this is not a gang-laden city. It, it You know, we had a phase. We were going through a phase back then in, in the you know late 80s. But um, 
but yeah, there's every city has its problems, but I, I don't feel like Tacoma is out of control. I think we've actually, while other cities were on fire in the last last year, we, we kept our head above the fray. So I'm proud of this city. I, I just want to see us do more. Okay, now I have a question about uh, Steve Haverly, the human. So when it comes to, so you're going to have to, obviously, as part of this whole thing, you're going to have, whether they're actual debates or discussions, whatever you want to call them, you're going to be in front of a large group of people. You're going to be having these conversations. And I know uh, that you're a sincere human being, and I know you believe in what you say. So that's not an issue at all. Do you get nervous in situations like that, or is this just you believe in it so firmly that you just step up there and do your thing? Yeah, and, and I, no, I don't get nervous in, in like public speaking or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, an authority on on all the things that a mayor needs to be an authority on. But also, Tacoma, Tacoma is not Seattle. We were, it's not a strong mayor position. It's a it, and I hate that they call it a weak mayor, but it's called a weak mayor position. Right. It, it's a ninth city council member. Um, but you have to um, you have to know enough of, of what's going on with all the other council members and the city manager and the police department. You have to know enough to, to be able to to navigate everything and be a spokesperson for the city. So um, as long as I keep myself um, briefed on 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 what's going on and what this the council wants but more importantly what the city wants what the the actual people in the city i think one of the biggest issues that i that um, people call me about is they don't feel that they're heard in tacoma and they don't feel that that their voice is being heard and represented by the people that they um, elected into position so i'd like to change that um i'd, I'd like to change possibly our whole um our system. I don't think that we should have part-time council members. We're a big enough city now, where the 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 mayor and the and the city manager shouldn't be the only full-time people at, at the top. It's just it's ludicrous. We have too many problems to tackle, and, and it's not going to happen with a part-time council. Yeah, this is. I mean, you're talking about a, a city proper, uh, not not including the surrounding area, but a quarter million people. And the Washington State's third largest city—it's uh, and not by much. It, it is uh, you, it, that is that's astounding to hear that. That's interesting. Yeah, and and there's there's issues with with zoning. Um, I mean, I have almost I, I'm trying to pinpoint exactly how many years of construction management I have, and that, it's somewhere between 25 and 28 um, years in, in development. And right now, we don't have anyone on our council who knows anything about. Develop, I shouldn't say knows anything. We don't have anyone who's been doing construction and, and land management like I have. And we have some severe zoning problems that we need to tackle that uh, the people are kind of up in arms about. Well, so, yeah, because yeah. it's it's just like anything. It's anything else, right? When you have When you have been on the other side and you've seen how these rules and restrictions and regulations, even if they were implemented for the best intended good, you can see what a nightmare they can be from the opposite side of things. And you would never, you would never have that perspective. That's not a, that's not a perspective that you can just glean from other people around you. You have to have lived it. Yeah. You've got to have been in the weeds and, and fought through, you know, like uh, I did a project out in gig Harbor and, and even a town the size of gig Harbor has a design review board. Tacoma doesn't even have a design review board. 
that to me is is appalling. Right. We need a design review board that that says this is the kind of building that belongs in this kind of neighborhood and this is what it should look like and this is what's going to serve the neighbors best and you know those kind of things need to be more weighed out instead what we've got is new zoning that that makes blanket statements for the whole city um, and every neighborhood is different you know look at all the different neighborhoods in seattle and you wouldn't you wouldn't make a blanket statement for them but i, I don't want to ramble on hey so i have a confession question for you and you're going to confess is it true in your with your construction background in your closet do you have secret blueprints for a remodel of stadium high school no <laughs> that's blasphemous <laughs> i went to stadium stadium of course you did yes what's that you guys been to a stadium before? My yes, it's stadium. beautiful. It, it is essentially going to school at a castle is what you've done. A reporter for King 5 had to ask me to to meet, you know, where do you want to meet in Tacoma? And I said, oh, well, Stadium High School, of course. He's like, all right. And he, and then then he got there. He's like, okay, I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes, this is like Hogwarts. You went here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, I was a Gryffindor. Yeah. So the, yeah, I thought, well, I thought you were trying to maybe lure a remake or a, a sequel to 10 things I hate about you, but uh, I hate about you. Yes. There you go. So Steve, you're, I mean, clearly you're a man with a plan. You're, you're, uh, you know, you're running for mayor. Uh, you, you just said you don't know everything uh, there is to know about being a mayor and that's fine because if anybody says that they know everything there is about that, you know, you don't want that person, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's okay to say that you, you have certain, you know, uh, you know, skill set or whatever you bring, you bring certain strengths to the thing. But that being said, um, you know, there's, there's school, there's transportation, there's the zoning you mentioned, there's, um, you know, police, there's, you know, hospital, there's all these different things that bring a city together. You know, I mean, there's, what, I mean, how, this just seems so daunting to me. How do you come up with a plan? Because you got to learn it. Like, how do you come up with a plan to tackle knowing enough about all of these things? Or can you know enough um, about all of these different aspects and then try to bring them all together? I mean, how, how do you make a plan for something like that? Well, Funny you should say that, and it's not set up. But uh, so I, I, that is absolutely I did not totally not set that. up. I mean, I have the perfect answer to that, and the, the perfect answer is in talking to the the people that are running for council. And I haven't talked to. I'm not going to pretend like I have some elaborate network, but I do have a pretty good network. And um, we're trying to actually pull together people who are like, oh, well, this person has this skill set and this person has this skill set. We're actually trying to um, put together a city council that is well mixed and, and well, um, you know, this person's really good at this. This person's really good at this. It's like running a big construction. And I it's like the Justice League. You're, you're, yeah. you need, <laughs> yes, you, you like need, a, you need a Flash. You need an Aquaman. You need uh, Wonder Woman. You need all these parts. Yeah, it, it, for me to I simplify it and say it's it's like a construction project, but you get the right plumber, the right electrician, the right uh, roofer. You get the right components together, and you can and you can fix all of these things. So um, that's what someone who isn't a dork says, Steve. 
Yeah. They use that analogy, not the Justice well, League one. And I, well, cool to have an invisible jet. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, oh, and a cave. A cave. There's a gotta cave. be there with a retractable door. That'd be that signal. That'd be right off of Point Defiance. So that's right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you put the right components together and you say, well, this sounds like a job for Aquaman or this sounds like a job for Superman. You know, you put the right people together and you, you can build the right city. I think um, I think Tacoma could use a fresh set of faces with uh, whose eyes are, are wide open thinking, here's the possibilities. This is what we can actually do with this city. Um, we have enough artists and and. Uh, we have some really talented people here. The problem is they lend their, their talents to places up north. And right. I'd like to see, uh, I, I severed my ties um, work-wise with, I, I commuted to Redmond, my last my last company. Since 2014, I've been working up in Seattle. And uh, I now work 1.3 miles from my home. And it's changed my life. I have more time with my wife and daughter and my son when I get to see him. He's 22 now, you guys. Can you right. I can't. Crazy. I can't believe yeah, that. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, you met him when he was like 10. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He's 22 years old. But um, but I'd like to see the talented people of Tacoma actually work and live in Tacoma. Yeah. And 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 when you when you work in Tacoma, you're also spending your lunch money in Tacoma. You're spending your air money in Tacoma. You don't have to raise taxes if if you're if you get to spend the money that you earn in the city you live in. Yep. It makes sense to me. I don't know. Listen, we're, we're getting really close to being out of time. Steve, I would like to extend to you the next big beat, whatever that is, the next moment where you're doing the press tour and talking to people and things, please let me know, reach out to us, or we'll reach out to you and keep in touch with you just to find out. But I, before we let you go, I had two questions. So the first one is, is the one that I really want, should you become mayor of Tacoma? Even though we have nothing to do with the city at all, we'd like the Dave and Steve show day uh, in Tacoma at some point. So that's that's number one. <laughs> now, small ask. Oh, yes. oh that's now, don't now, get him in trouble <laughs> making <laughs> making promises on some dumb podcast. I wrote that. It's right on my list. It's number seven. Great, great. <laughs> I already wrote right. it. So. And then, right, and then, good. as a backup, I will take this as a as a gift. If you can't make that happen. If you completely rework the road network in and around the Tacoma Dome so I can see ACDC concerts easier, that's my fallback. So that'll be the easy plan B should this other one not work out. You know what? I, I don't like that when there's a concert at the Tacoma Dome, they close the Tacoma Dome exit. <laughs> yeah. so, so you might be onto something there. Yeah. That, that bothers me. Why would you yeah. close the exit to the Tacoma Dome when there's a concert there? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you're that I, I can I can honestly say I will be on that one. Great. Either way, it's win win. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up. Steve, seriously though, let's let's stay in touch. Let's have you back on as things heat up, uh, or don't heat up as the case might be. Um well, anytime you call, I'll be there. You know that. Awesome, awesome. Hey, it's one like more James Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 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 Uh, I'm going to be singing that song to go to sleep yeah, all night. All one night. more big round of applause for Mr. Steve Haverly thank you very much we'd like to thank Steve Haverly for joining us on our podcast yeah. and we're going to we're going to take a quick break here 
Uh, and uh, we'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show. Yeah, we are. Now you can make money safely and securely from the privacy of your own home. Introducing Cash for Cash, the easy and affordable way to turn your unwanted bills and coins into cash now. I didn't know what I was going to do with all the insurance money I got from my husband's death, so I sent it into Cash for Cash. And in just a couple of days, I had all the money I needed to pay my bills. And Cash for Cash is easy to use. Simply mail your unwanted bills and coins to us in the patented Easy True Scam Mailer and Cash for Cash will promptly send you a check in the mail, minus shipping and handling and a small processing fee. After I found that coffee can in the backyard, I thought, ain't no way I'm going to be able to do anything with this old money. But Cash for Cash sent me brand new money in exchange and I was able to take the old lady out for a nice dinner. So if you've got worn out, slightly torn, or even marked bills and coins, Cash for Cash has the solution for you. Recent studies show that dollar for dollar value has never been higher. So now is the time. Cash for Cash, where the smart money is. Linden, Washington is no tiny town. In fact, the city which lies along the banks of the Nooksack River is the second largest in Whatcom County. Citizens there are referred to as Lindenites, and they boast the home of the Northwest Washington Fair. The town has many places of worship, and in 2008, a law forbidding alcohol sales on Sunday was overturned as the residents enjoy their worship and booze on the first day of each week. It's also important to remember that all things bad crazy are named Lyndon, including President Johnson and Lyndon H. LaRouche. Oh, and a tree. This has been Tracy's Lyndon Washington Minute. So if you missed last week, uh, I called Lyndon out uh, for an experience that I had had there. And then some experience from some people who had firsthand. They had lived in Lyndon for a while now. Lyndon is this little town uh, up north of us. It's the um, second largest town in Whatcom County. Right. Actually. As, I, as, I, as I heard. So uh, and, I, and, and listen, I just basically said, like, I know not all people in Lyndon are bad people. But for the people who aren't bad people, you should know that the bad people are effing it up for the rest of you. So go take care of that. So. Uh, I did have a question, though. I know where you both stand on Linden, based on our conversation last week. Where do you stand on John Cougar Mellencamp? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Outside I, the arena, hopefully. <laughs> no. See, no. I wondered. Because here's <laughs> well, no, the thing. No. Here's, here's I'm the... okay. I'm okay with him. I'm okay. I, I'm okay with the music. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. It's, it's not going to. Yeah. It doesn't turn my beanie but it also doesn't, you know, get me out of bed. This is my question about John Cougar Mellencamp, and I've always wondered this. I can't, I can't figure out, is the guy pandering, or does he really believe in the things that he sings? And I can't, I know it's a fine line, and frankly doesn't matter if it's a good message and people are still, I, I'm not saying his messages are good messages or bad. I've, I'm saying if it's, a, if it's a great thing that you're saying, it doesn't matter if you truly believe in it or not, if you're getting the word out. But I'm just curious. Do you guys see him as a as a sincere person? I, I don't take him seriously at all. And he could be as sincere as possible, but he's never really meant anything to me. So if I was given free tickets to whatever show he's playing at whatever nearby casino, yeah, I, I would I would definitely give those away to someone I loved. Right. <laughs> right. Because er, er, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't really have an opinion about it. He's definitely see, cause I used to think the same thing about John Fogarty, uh, that he was kind of, but then I, I kind of heard his book and kind of heard like really kind of what his life is like. And I, I just don't think John Fogarty, like it's not, he has not like stylized himself a certain way. Right. Probably John right. Cougar Mellencamp has, but it's hard to know. Right. Well, he hasn't been known as John Cougar Mellencamp for a long time. Like he didn't, well, he didn't want the Cougar name. He didn't want to, he says, that, I, I think if you look at the two people, if you look at John, Mel, John Cougar Mellencamp from the eighties, the mm -hmm. early eighties, and you look at who Mellencamp is now, they are not the same people because that's not how humanity works. Like they, um, maybe when, you know, writing Jack and Diane, that came from a real place of honesty. Like that's some, that's some, you know, truth that he's spilling, but maybe, you know, the stuff that he's doing later is, you know, less so. So yeah, see, because I he's, felt, he's I been changed like by and, money. I felt like Jack and Diane was probably the most, uh, like the biggest lie he ever sang in his life. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, he doesn't know a Jack or a Diane and there's, there's nothing to that at so, all. Steve, I'm unclear on the history and, and, and then I promise we're going to get off John Cougar, John Mellencamp. I, I just a very quick search. I see he was previously known as Johnny Cougar, John Cougar, is it one of those things where the record label wanted to call him John Cougar, and so he compromised and did John Cougar Mellencamp, and now in his later career, he's just John Mellencamp? Is that yeah? Did I get that right? That's kind of how it went. It's, yeah. it, it was it was label management um, that yeah, that was I, really pushing. The same him way him. when Greg Brady was supposed to be Johnny Bravo, <laughs> same thing. Greg and Brady. So that's the way I liken it. Yeah. 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 Okay, I don't give a shit about John Cougar Mellencamp. I just was curious what you guys thought. Where do you guys stand on John Cougar Mellon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, a hell of a thing to ask somebody. We're we're gonna get to headlines in, in just a second here, but I was I was out walking. So my wife and I have been walking a lot. We started this before we went on the vacation and we've been doing it still. And it's been pretty hot here recently. And so we have been doing our early morning walks. And when I say early, think like six, six thirty. We go out and we walk and we walk about four or five miles. So it's a it's a pretty good jaunt. And we're every time we walk by this pond we hear the same distinct noise, which is this, and I'm going to try and recreate it. I'll probably totally screw it up, and that's fine. But it basically sounds like this. As we go by. And uh -huh. we've heard, but it's always, it's typically three. It's always very, it, I can only describe it as sounding almost mechanical. So much so that at first we were like, because we're going by this heavily wooded pond, we're like, well, that's got to be a toad. But after we heard it so many times, and always three, and always the exact same distance apart, we were like, no, this is something mechanical. There is, I hypothesize that there was some kind of culvert there that had some kind of drainage system with a bladder, and that was the bladder releasing air when the waves would sort of splash or whatever it was. We'd, we couldn't figure it out. So we're walking back the other night, uh, this was, we walked in the evening this time. We're walking back one evening and the guy who owns that place happens to be in his driveway and he's talking to another woman. And so my wife, cause she's a very outgoing person, just barges right up to him in the middle of their conversation. It's like, Hey, what makes that noise in your pond over there? Like she's pointing at the pond and, and he's like, he looked at us very matter of factly and he said, well, it's a toad. Now I have to describe what this guy looked like, because if you know what David Crosby looks like. 
Okay. You know exactly <laughs> what this man looks like. Hairstyle, mustache, belly. So this is this is after the birds. Right. <laughs> and 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 before yeah. Yeah. uh Crosby, yeah. Stills, and Nash, possibly. I mean, exactly like David Crosby. Like, and and if you don't know who that is, just do a quick Google search and and do like old David Crosby, and you'll see exactly what this guy looks like, like down to a T. So then we get now, now, now she's asked this question, and now we find out that both of these people, they're neighbors, but they're both very friendly, both like overly friendly. He's got me by the arm. He's taking my arm. He's dragging me into the woods. He's showing me where the pond is at and where the toads usually sit. And if you mm -hmm. come around this corner, when you hear this noise, they're usually sitting right here on this rock. He's showing me about, he's showing me a boat that's sunk way out in the pond. That is the, the lady who's with us. That's his neighbor. That sunk years ago, and she still wants it back, and he doesn't know how he's ever going to get it. Like, now it's just open the floodgates. And they're, they're both talking. They're both very friendly. We're having a great time chatting with these people. The next thing I know, he tells me that he is a he's, he makes guitars. A luthier, I think. Is that? Luthier. Yeah, that, that would be correct. So, yes. so he makes guitars. And I'm like, well, that's really cool. And this is a guy who the house is a very nice house. Uh the, he, you know, he's got really nice landscaped yard, very big yard, just a really nice place. It's a neighborhood over from Mars. And he tells me he's been a musician his whole life. He said, you know, I've, I've grown up in the music industry. I spent a lot of time in Nashville. Uh, eventually I moved to Los Angeles, spent a lot. And it I, was David Crosby. <laughs> Holy in the, shit. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I've been living next to David Crosby. It wasn't <laughs> David Crosby, but and now I'm fascinated because this guy has obviously done incredibly well for himself. And I want to know more. And I said, do you mind if I see where you build your guitars? I said, I'm a guitar player. I've played guitar my whole life. I would love to see this. He says, yeah, it's not, it's not quite ready because I'm putting in an a, a air filtration system for the sawdust that is taking a lot longer than I expected it to. And the woman says... Yeah, and a lot more money than you expected it to. And he said, yeah, all the renovations and things that I've done, I've put about $800,000 into my, into my studio. <clears throat> wow. Hmm. So now I am on the hook. This man showed me where his toads live. He tells me he builds <laughs> guitars. He's obviously got 800000 in coin to drop on his uh, guitar-making manufacturing facility mm. plants whatever you want to like this is mm. i i i am now fascinated by this human so much so that i said you know <laughs> i'm never this forward you guys know me i'm never this forward i'm like when can i come see it like when do you think it'll be done i'm i'm actually pressing the guy now and he said well you know give me until like october time frame and then you can just swing on by come knock on the door and you can come take a look and i'll show you around right. but now i've met this fascinating steve it's like the when we had the drummer for yes living right yeah. down the road from us and we and we didn't know it and then it took a long time to actually talk to the guy and and introduce ourselves and all that same kind of thing i these are the this is the type of happenstance happy accident thing where you're just out walking yeah. and you meet this fascinating amazing person who has this story and now i know i want to not only do i want to know who this guy is and what the hell he does he's coming on the show whether he knows it or not he's yeah. coming because he was Ooh, funny cool. do you think he could bring neil young too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to see if he could bring the toad because I want to hear how that sounds compared to how Dave sounds. I want him to at least bring two members of John Cougar Mellencamp. John so and I... Cougar or Mellencamp and Cougar. But... Or oh, John yeah. Bravo would yeah. be nice too. I yeah. brought two of my guitars and a toad. So this is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, and so my son and I were out the other day and we're like, I, you know, saying, hey, this is the guy that I was telling you about as we walked by his house and everything. 
uh, speaking to my son, and I, this just made me think of it, take 20 seconds. My son got called a girl twice in Hawaii, and he's not happy about it. But he's still happy enough about it to be able to trot that story out to anybody who will listen. He likes to tell people how angry he is that he got called a girl because he's mm -hmm. been growing his hair out since COVID hit. He's got some pretty right. long hair now. He does. So, he looks great. So there were two incidents in Hawaii. One was where the guy was looking directly at him. They were face to face and and called him a she. Uh, he pointed at me and he said he may have a different opinion than she does. And then later, I think over the course of the, this was our tour guide on the tour bus that we took. I think over the course of the tour, he realized he had made a grave mistake because then he went out of his way to say like, you know, all right, stud, you go out and enjoy those waves, young man, while you're out look there at, with your- Look at this set of nuts on yeah, that guy. <laughs> while, you're, while you're out there with your, your penis that you very obviously have. Like he was going out of his way to, to overcompensate. And then there was one where Sebastian just had his head turned at a table and all you could see was long hair and he's got nice long hair. And a guy said, are you done, ma'am? Meaning, are you done with your plate? No. And Sebastian didn't say anything because he didn't know he was talking to him. And the guy came around and went to grab his plate and Sebastian was like, hey, I'm not done. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And then after he left, Sebastian was like, he just called me ma'am. I was like, yeah, he called you, ma'am. You're going to have to learn but that, to. But, it, but that that's a very polite way of referring to you regardless. <laughs> yeah, and so there's exactly. good intent there. That yeah. used to happen to me all along. Uh, yeah, now that I have man boobs, it happens even <laughs> now. But that's totally <laughs> a different deal. <laughs> What, what, so once again, this is a problem that's easily remedied with, um, with pop rock music. Um, you, you let him listen to dude looks like a lady <laughs> and, and tell him the, tell him the Vince Neil story. Not a big deal. Right. Uh, totally I think okay. there's a, I'd, I'd probably go kinks on this one. Though. I can, um, that's, but that's intentional. That, that, right? that, went that's, to, that went a different direction, I guess, didn't it? Yeah. Now, or, or, or Bob Seger's turn the page middle verse. Well, um, we let's agree to disagree then. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Hey Steve, what did you get up to last week? Uh, you know, I, um, I started a new podcast. I started recording a new podcast what? of, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, I recorded the first show. Um, I'm going to record a couple of shows in the next couple of days. And, and so I have a couple in the bank and I'm going to, I'm going to upload it. Not on Monday because that's the Dave and Steve show day. We this you, you can't have it. Can't, can't be, you know, competing. Now, first of all, it. can I just hang on Tracy? I'm sorry, yeah. but I'm a little, I'm a little hot under the collar and over okay, this one. Gotcha. Okay. First of all, you're a piece of shit for telling us you're leaving the show on the Dave and Steve show for another podcast. So right I'm out of the gate, let me just, I'm not leaving the show. Let for me just say podcast. that that's a dick thing to do. And I can't believe you did this after <laughs> you and I knowing each other since preschool. Yeah. Uh, number two, what is this podcast you're leaving us for? What's it, what's it about? Because I'd like to possibly subscribe. Uh, all I'm doing, all I'm doing is, is reading my blog. I'm just reading the old blog posts. Um, a lot of people have asked me to do that. And so I'm, I'm recording them in my voice and they're like 15, 20 minute segments. Some of them will be shorter. Um, but it's just the damn truth in uh, podcast form. As do you know what to, I, what I want to do, you know, when you get like a new set of friends, but your old friends kind of want to hang out and you've kind of set up this sort of yeah. new space. I want to pressure him to be on this new show. Right. Mm -hmm. And he'll be like, Oh, no, no, no. We don't have a guest. And then about six months into this, he'll have a guest, yep. right? Yep. We're like, oh, what? We thought you didn't have guests. Why don't you have us on? And he's like, well, no, you guys wouldn't like it. 
and then it'll get really weird. And yep. I want I want that for Christmas. Because you want you want me to have a guest for Christmas and not and have it not be have it be better guests than what we get on this show. I just want that awkward thing where you have to say, "No, nah, you guys, no, you guys wouldn't want to be on this show." It's not. Yeah, somebody not, that you don't know that it just starts hanging around on the show, like, oh, oh, you're joining us tonight, just you know, because, and then then they're there the next night. Looks looks like we've got Tom Hanks back in the studio. Yeah, good to have you back, Tom. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so, so Steve, I'm going to help you out a little bit here because you you threw out the blog. You said the damn truth. You were throwing a lot of things around right now. For those of you who don't know, Steve has written a blog for many years now, and it is called The Damn Truth. If you don't know, Steve's last name is Dam, D-A-M-M. So this is The Damn Truth. So if you want to go find his writings, go to thedamntruth.com, and you'll see his blog that he's referring to now, and he's putting this in effectively audiobook form, which I think is great, and posting <laughs> these episodes. Now, please understand, the blog is no frills. Like there's not, it's not a picture on it. It's just a, it's just a list of, of things that I've written that some of it is, all of it is not good. So, uh, you know, please, please. It's not enjoy. true. If a lot of people are asking you to do this, people enjoy it. You're just being, uh, you're just being humble. No, he's not. Know. It's not good. It's not. Oh, that, oh, Steve's yeah. blog. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah, we're talking about. about. Yeah. That exactly. actually, that's not that's not listenable. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that out there and, and just see how that, see how that goes. Um, the, it'll, it'll last about four weeks and then, uh, nothing. Uh, I haven't written anything for that blog and I, actually, you know what? I have written stuff for the blog, but I haven't posted it because I didn't like it enough to, to put it out there. The, the last thing I wrote was Christmas time, 2019. In the, be- and, in the before times. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't even like my standard damn truth stuff. It was just a piece that I wrote that I liked. Hey, Tracy, what'd you do last week? You write the only thing blogs? that is worth talking about that I've done because we had the heat wave yeah. and the room that I'm in right now, like I've showed you guys temperatures in here. I just, I can't cool this room down because <laughs> it's, it's Cause hot. He's, Cause he's just so damn hot. But um, I worked in the garage today. Like I worked from home in the garage. I just put up a, uh, I set up my uh, really good sound system in the garage. I put up a uh, uh, like a patio chair and a table and just sat next to my car and my motorcycle. A couple of drops in the old diffuser. Yeah, to... and I, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and I was just sitting there working all day because it was the only <laughs> it was the only room of the house that stayed cool for the longest bit of that's time. The, that's the upside, Steve. You don't need the drops in the diffuser because you just open the car door and then the pine tree takes care of it. Exactly. It's hanging from a cigarette lighter. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, that's the only thing that was uh, really worthwhile that I did today. And I thought these are, these are really strange times. I don't, I don't have air conditioning in my house and I used to have the, the room units, but um, it doesn't work for this room because I have to have this, this room faces the street and I need it to uh, exhaust the hot air. Uh, from the room and that means the, the windows open and it just causes lots of noise yeah. and so uh so i was in the garage uh working you know just doing you know my job on a laptop yeah yeah in the garage it was just it was stupid weird but uh, i made it work you mentioned uh, how hot it was today so my i have a black lab and the black lab uh is a he's a shithead in that if i let him out 
because I've got the big voice, he'll stay close by and I don't need to put him on a leash. In fact, I can go out in the yard and he'll stay within 10 to 15 feet of me. He'll sniff around and stuff, but he'll just he'll wander with me. And when I say, let's go back in, he'll he'll come back in. If my wife lets him out and she does not leash him, he looks at her. She has the same conversation with him she has every single time, which is, Sylvester, don't even think. And before she can finish the sentence, he's gone. He, I don't think. He, I'm gone. He darts. He and, and he's five years old now. He just turned five. He still runs like a puppy when he knows he's free. So we went out and we purchased this very highly reviewed on Amazon. We got him one of those vibration colors. It's a color that you put on. You hold a little remote and it can do three things. It can ding. It can buzz, not actually shock, but just vibrate. Or as a last resort, it can shock if you need it to. And they actually even say, you don't even need to train the dog with the shock at all. Use the buzz. So you ding it and then you buzz it each time. And after a while, the dog gets to understand that all you have to do is ding it and the buzz is coming next. So I better be cool because I don't want to get buzzed. I don't want it to vibrate. So we, we train the dog for this before we leave for Hawaii. And it works fantastic. The fatal flaw of this thing is that the collar has a power saving feature. So if you haven't turned on the remote in four hours, the collar also shuts off because it's going into power save mode to conserve battery. And there's no way to change this. So if you think about a black lab and their bladder or how often they have to go out to the, go to the bathroom, you're actually it, you know in that four to six hour range, but it is not uncommon for six hours before the dog ever even asks to be let out. So this collar shuts off constantly. And if we don't remember to turn it on, we're screwed. And somehow, some way, this dog has this ability to sense that the collar has gone into sleep mode. So my wife this morning, she takes the, she's sleepy. It's, it's early-ish in the morning. She's got the remote. She lets him outside. She looks down at it, and it's got a little battery sensor thing that shows you how the collar's battery is doing. And if that thing's completely empty, the, the collar's not on. And she's like, oh, no. So I hear outside like, hey, come on, buddy. Let's go. Hey, let's go. She's trying to be like all super friendly. So he comes running towards her. Nope. He just splits and he's gone. And I'm on a call. I'm, on, I'm working from home. So I'm on a, a business call. I can't just run out there with her. Now I hear my kid out there with her. He's marching up and down the street, yelling, whistling. And when I say up and down the street, like they're going a mile in either direction, yeah. trying to call for this dog. The dog <laughs> is nowhere. So I finished. Now it's been 45 minutes. I finished my business call. I go downstairs. I put on flip flops. I head out to now we're walking up and down the driveway, whistling, hollering up and down the street, yelling. We the hear dog other dogs like Stevens right now. And it's it's early morning on a nice day. So there's lots of people trying to beat the heat. So they're out doing things. They're out cleaning things. They're out working in the garden, whatever they're doing. Nobody has seen him anywhere. And I keep going back to the house to make sure he hasn't just wandered back onto the porch and is waiting for us to come back. He's not, though. So now we're, we're officially, we've officially tipped into panic mode. We're, it's been 90 minutes to two hours now. We can't find this dog, and he's never been gone this long. And then my son comes around the corner. He's got the dog by the leash. <laughs> the dog is completely soaked from head to toe in the stinkiest water I have ever smelled. He's, so my son said that he found him effectively doing laps. My dog loves water. And apparently he found some old neighbors, like when I say old, Sebastian said this thing was rusty and nasty and the dog was swimming, just kind of having fun and splashing around in the pool and jumping out and grabbing a ball and jumping back in and splashing around. So whatever was in that water and however long that water has been sitting in there, we have been dealing with nothing but vomit 
and diarrhea from our 80-pound black lab, which if you've got vomit and diarrhea from an 80-pound black lab, it is not a pretty sight coming out of either end at all. And this is what we're dealing with now. So this collar is perfect, except for the stupid sleep mode flaw that it has. And I have no idea how to get around this. So it, it's a rechargeable collar with like a USB thing? Via- yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How do you get the dog to sit next to the charger that long? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to get into headlines because we got to get going here. But I, I did want to just mention real quick next week on the show, we are having a gentleman by the name of Gene the Werewolf. And I say we're having a gentleman by the name of Gene the Werewolf. I've actually found out I, there's, there's a story here. I'm not sure if the, it's one of those things where the name of the band is literally Gene the Werewolf. And he's got a different name. I don't even want to say his name because I'm not sure if it's a stage name thing and he doesn't want his real name said. But look up Gene the Werewolf. Search. You can even have your robotic friend help you, Alexa, if you just say play Gene the Werewolf. She'll play some for you. You can find him on YouTube, everywhere else. Go and listen to this guy. Some really good... He's got rock and roll that I, I, I hear influences of present day but also things like classic like bob seger and sort of blue collar i would call them bands of that era yeah john mellencamp <laughs> okay really yeah 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 he so, was born in a small town so you'll we'll, we'll play a lot of songs from him next week we'll play snippets from songs i've already talked to him about it and we're gonna have an interview with him and it should be really fun i think he's gonna have some really good stories because he's already toured or opened or played with big big name national acts mm-hmm. and so we're i'm hoping we get some good stories from him so that's next week gene the werewolf This week right now, it's time for the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, some residents in a northern Michigan community are complaining about noise during the summer nights. Rowdy (laughs) teens? No. Adults playing pickleball. Uh, Iron Mountain in Upper Peninsula won't restrict pickleball hours at at the four courts. City manager Jordan uh, Stanchina, I think Steve Harville would fix this, by the way, <laughs> I think, but it has suggested ending uh, games at 6 p.m., but 20 players attended a recent council meeting to object. Said that uh, if they uh, have it cut off at 6 p.m., people can't play after work. Pickleball people are into pickleball. That is like, like you would never catch like badminton people like showing up in a city council. I bet those assholes brought their, um, their special pickleball things that they've drilled holes in. So it's a faster swing. Oh man. Dave, have you played pickleball before? Yeah. So this is what I was going to say, Steve, at our, at our high school, Tracy, we had a, there was a time, so at, at a certain point, I want to say probably like around 8th grade, ninth grade, pickleball was introduced into the PE fold. It became one of the sports, like sometimes you play basketball, sometimes you roll around on the little scooters on the floor and try and kick balls, it, like all the different things. But one of the things that was introduced was pickleball. And our we've said this many times, our football coach was also our PE instructor because <laughs> there was a small school. And our football coach was this barrel-chested, like, round man who was ridiculously strong like inhuman strength and he was into pickleball like he i don't know into it it was his jam and so you would see this little portly fire plug of a man out there who would just become the most agile beautiful creature 
backspin and forward spin and getting these curves on these things. And he's running back and forth and diving left and right. It was so because he was so into it, the PE classes sort of got into it and we had tournaments and it became a thing. And it was almost like for a short period of time, and I say short period, like two or three years, it was like the sport that when he was like, what do you guys want to do today? Everybody would scream pickleball and we'd start setting up the nets. Like it became a thing. Yeah. And it was, the unit went like, like inappropriately too long. Like, like, yeah. like sometimes a unit, a unit of PE would be like, okay, we have two weeks of field hockey, or we have, yeah. you know, two archery. weeks of archery. Yeah, yeah. And now it's, now it's um, 18 weeks of pickleball. <laughs> you know, before <laughs> the, a couple of weeks ago, I kind of just would have laughed at this as people uh, kind of, saying uh this is noisy and complaining about something you know because yeah. i've had i've had neighbors complain about my kids you know doing the things that they do near our house sure. and, but and so but the thing is though i uh when i dropped my son off at um 60 acres park on uh uh to for a soccer practice i will ride my bike up to lake sammamish and back and I will reach this part in Redmond where there are these pickleball courts. And I will hear this thing yeah. about a mile away. This. Yep. Yep. And I would rather live next to a gun range than live <laughs> next to a, a pickleball court. Yep. It's just, and so I can, I can hear it and I'm coming up to it and people are there and people are waiting and this court ready. You've been playing for this long and they're just. And I'm uh, not, listen, I'm not going to, I've said this before on the show. When it came to football, I was good at it because I was big and I could run fast and I could run fast into things with my big body. It wasn't a skill-based thing. When it came to basketball or a sport that required skill, I was terrible. And I was expected to play because I was tall. So the, my reason for saying that is I'm not I'm, maybe at some point I had aspirations of being a quote-unquote jock, but I'm I'm not I'm not good enough to ever be that. And so I'm not I'm not saying this in a disparaging light other than to say pickleball people are it's one of those sports where you dress and act as though you're the most hardcore of hardcore athletes. And in reality, you're playing with a little wiffle ball on a court at the YMCA. Like you see these people in the headbands. They've got the sport goggles on. Uh, yeah, they've got yeah, the shorts. I'm, they're stretching yeah. beforehand. They're getting limbered oh, yeah. up. You're playing for the fate of the yes, world. Yes, yes, yeah. I've never yeah. seen people into a sport quite like that. It's it's almost like seeing the people who play handball at your local gym or racquetball. Like it, it yeah, it's those yeah. same. They but, take it but, so. But pickleball's more yeah. handball, racquetball. Those guys show up and they do their thing, and and it's a <laughs> it, it's a thing. It's a thing. But pickleball is next level. Yeah, P pickleball is. Yeah, I you know I I went to uh, yeah I went down to uh, um, Centralia. And spent three days playing pickleball in a tournament. Yeah. You know, you well, you went to Centralia. You know, well, Mossy Rock. What the hell? <laughs> you know, like what yeah. are you talking? About? Yeah, three. Yeah, well, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. It was it was a lot of games. Yep. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me at all. Anyway, I'm very hopeful that these uh, neighbors are able to have bulldozers uh, out soon and <laughs> taking care of this uh, travesty that's happening <laughs> in Upper Michigan. Our final story tonight. I want to find your inner Matt Damon. Spend a year pretending that you're isolated on Mars. NASA has a job for you to prepare for eventually sending astronauts to Mars. NASA has begun taking applications this last Friday for four people to live for a year in Mars Dune Alpha. That's a 1,700 square foot Martian habitat. 
created by a 3D printer and inside a building at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. Give me the what, what's the what's what's the address? Give me the give me the web address right now. So NASA I, dot something. Give give me <laughs> the web address right now. He just did NASA dot something. I'm not yeah, going I'm to NASA. To what, I'm, just, I'm not going to. I have to search for. Okay. So the paid volunteers will work a simulated Martian exploration mission, complete with spacewalks, limited communication back home, restricted food and resources, and equipment failures. So, NASA so you're, is you're saying I'm going to have some exercise, probably lose a bunch of weight. And um, and be able to work on my novel. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. I, I serious question. So you said four people living mm -hmm. together in yes. this dome thing, this yeah. base that's supposed to be a simulated Mars thing. I really truly wonder if they have three people. Like, is it the typical movie thing where you've got at least a couple of scientists, one let's say engineer or something, or maybe somebody in the medical field, and then, and then you Gilligan. have. Well, <laughs> no, seriously, no, not, I wasn't going to say Steve, but I was going to say, and then you have the one, I guess, for lack of a better term, the one more blue collar person who's obviously very skilled in what they do, but it's a different skill set from like typical book smarts. And I'm just wondering if four people doesn't seem like a lot. And it seems like you would want that person in there as well. The person who isn't book smart, they're street smart. Yeah. Do you hear that? That's one of the Martians. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting my gun. <laughs> no, I truly though. I mean, I, I, I wonder, cause that's yeah. what it would be in the movie. Right. And then somehow the, the doctor and the two scientists would either get killed or get horribly maimed and, and be in a stretcher and not be able to move. But they then teach this person how to do it all, do the, take care of them and get them off that rock. And they, they managed I, I to. I hope they, I hope this will live stream for a year. Yeah. I, I would, I would pay $10 a month to just tune in and watch. I would too. Like, oh yeah, they got the dumb guy tied up again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, they got Steve tied up again. Steve spent a lot of time in handcuffs. They brought handcuffs. Took handcuffs. NASA is planning three of these experiments, with the first one starting in fall next year. Food will be all ready to eat. Space food sounds very tactical. <laughs> and at the moment, there are no windows plans. Some plants will be grown, but not potatoes like in the movie The Martian. Damon played a stranded astronaut, Mark Watney, who survived on Sputs. I wrote uh, chapters 8 through 14 and 20 with my mouth uh, because I was duct taped to a chair. <laughs> it's probably my best work. <laughs> So lead scientist Grace Douglas said, we want to understand how humans perform in these uh, environments. We're looking at the realistic situations of Mars. I uh, Here's a question. Here's one of my very open-ended questions that you guys don't know the answer to, but you try and act like you do. Mm -hmm. Do you think in our lifetimes, the three of us, will we see people living on Mars? No. <laughs> I'm... I'm like, I'm living maybe six more years. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> there's, kind of there's, there's no way that's happening. But I'm going to go, I'm going to just, I'm gonna, I'll, t I'll entertain your question and go with like actuarial chances that I'll live longer. Like, like Steve, th there's not a chance, but um, 
the no, yeah. yeah, I just I still don't think so. I, I and I, I think what there's so many things that will just come down to simply the cost of it that I think could be prohibitive. Well, the the only thing that gives me hope is the privatization of space travel. You're now what you want is what exactly what we have, which is two billionaires trying to measure each other's dicks, and that more than anything will will make this shit progress faster than it has in in a long time and my hope is that we now start to see it exponentially grow and we at least get to see it by the time we're maybe 80 i've got the picture of steve on the on the table next to me as i watch tv with my tv tray in front of me i just hold him up to the tv <laughs> i just can't imagine anyone like living in linden right now <laughs> Uh, let alone Mars, but uh, that's just that's just me. But thank you for our Linden listeners and those across the border into Canada. Thank you for joining us on the Dave and Steve Show. That's the news, fellas. All right, we're gonna wrap things up. One more big thank you to our guest today, uh, Mr. Steve Haverly. Uh, Steve is again, as I said during the interview, Steve is he's legitimate. When you hear him yeah. and you hear how sincere he sounds. Uh, as as three guys who have known him for a while now, that that really is Steve. Like, there's nothing there's nothing that he's trying. He's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. This is this is who he is. And so, when he campaigns around these things, and when he says he wants to make the city he was born and raised in better, he he truly means it. And I I hope that Steve Steve is the kind of person that we need in those types of positions. And so I I really do hope the best for him when it comes to his political aspirations so and just everything that he does because what nope, he does he nope. just throws all in on and like i said you spend five minutes with the guy you know there isn't really another like ulterior motive or anything else he's not a manip manipulative person he's just just steve yep yep unlike our steve all right yes. so we're gonna wrap things up i'm gonna get the hell out of here steve anything else from you nothing good all right tracy anything else from you yeah no i'm just gonna work another day in the garage Tune in next week for Gene the Werewolf. He's going to tear the house down. And again, if you haven't heard of Gene the Werewolf before, go find him. Go listen. Go take a listen on the YouTubes or anywhere else. Find Werewolves Are Sold. Or tune in next week because we're going to be playing song clippets throughout. Clippets? Song clippets. 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 Why not? <clears throat> I like that. I might stick with that. We're going to play song clippets throughout the interview. So you'll get to hear Gene the Werewolf firsthand for yourself. So that's next week. Until then. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on The Dave and Steve Show.